sunshines! Welcome to What You Readin', a bookish podcast where every other week I share what I've been reading, interview authors, and further my never-ending quest to discover more queer own voices in the media. I'm Mallory, also known as Mallory of Sunshine Around the Interwebs, and join me today for a conversation with my friend and author of the fabulous Sidekick Squad, C.B. Lee. We chat about the sidekick squad, the characters, and the world building, when she knew she wanted to be an author, and a little bit about what's next on the horizon. We also delve a tiny bit into what it's like to be a human in the world right now, because let's be real, sitting here in quarantine, that's just kind of where we all are right now. Oh my gosh, Carrie, it's so great to have you on my podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's so great to be here. Yeah, I feel like I haven't seen you in forever since um, the days of Emerald City. Wait, no, it was it was Dragon Con, right? I feel like the last time we saw each other. I don't or was think it, it was Dragon Con. I think you're right. I think it was Emerald City Comic Con. I meant to come to Book Con, but I didn't make it. Yeah, so that was like, was that only a year ago or was that? I feel like it was ago? a year ago. Or we both I think had it was planned for Emerald City or... I don't know. <laughs> yep. I don't know. It's too long is the moral of the story. <laughs> many, things, many things have happened. <laughs> oh, so many things. I know. It's amazing too that like, so we're, we're recording this podcast from a still quarantined world, future listeners. And so we're like cooped up in our homes. And there's an interesting thing where I feel like this time is bringing people together in ways that I don't know if I expect. I expected. Um, and so here we are recording this podcast that before, I think before this world felt really daunting to like schedule and make happen. And now here we are. I think we did. Have, yeah. Plan to, yeah. We plan to do this. Um, true. Pre, pre Corona. Yeah. Um, actually, I think even on this date, now that I think about it, you're right. Um, well, look at us go planning a <laughs> Two months or three months ago, and that feels like a hundred years ago now. Well, before we dive into like chatting about things and stuff and how fabulous you are and all the wonderful work that you've done, I guess just like a little background, like I think I first met you 2018 at Geek Girl Con. I don't know how it came about now, how you found me. I feel like you reached out to me and asked me if I would uh, moderate that Just Make It Gay Already panel. And that was such a great experience. I found I knew about you through Sidekick Squad. Are there other ways that you think people find you pretty regularly or like know of you when they come up and say like introduce themselves to you or meet you? I think that's where most people know me from. <laughs> um, yeah. I kind of think Geek Girl Con, I think Britta introduced us. That might be true. Yeah. Because you had yes, done Yes, actually you're totally right. I did an interview, interview with, with Britta. Her. Um, and then Britta was on the panel. And so yes. um, we were kind of putting out some feelers and brainstorming on, on the panel and who is going to be on the panel. Um, and then Britta suggested you. So that was oh like goodness. such a, like a great fortuitous thing that we would all be there at the same time. It was so wild. And it, yeah, it, I don't feel like it's happened again since. I feel like a fangirl every time. I get the chance to like talk to you guys. And the fact that I like know you too is just like, what, what is life? You guys are too cool for, you're too cool for this. <laughs> but I'm so grateful. Like, like being a writer is weird when like, when you're like, how do people know you? And then it surprises me. 
<laughs> like a friend of mine was telling me that like he was in a college class and his or like people were giving presentations and this girl in the class had given a presentation on like my books and me and it included like information but like I don't like just like stuff like in interviews that like they must have gone dug through the archive yeah and I was just like I don't I don't even have an archive. I'm like, oh, it'd be great to have one. But like, just the idea that someone was like so interested in me, like, it's it's weird because I'm it's hard to juxtapose. Like, ah, uh, yes, I sit in my pajamas and I'm writing, but it's you're also kind of like a public person. <laughs> and, like, yeah, don't you own a celebrity in a way? You no, know, I don't think so. But like, I mean, more so. people look at my like, like I'm like posting like stories about my bread and my food and it looks like it's delicious bread you have been baking a significant amount (laughs) it is my coping skill (laughs) it looks it seems delicious I wish I were taking part in your coping skill um yeah that's really interesting so I guess in a sense I mean that's kind of a side note but I am curious to ask you a question about that fact of like people knowing you from your work right like do you how does how does that usually go when people are interacting with you or they come up and they want to talk to you about your thing I feel like actors probably do feel this way sometimes because people will refer to them as their character do you feel like people refer to you like as your books and they like know your book but and they they know you as this person who wrote this book but that isn't necessarily who you are fully like what is that like I guess it's interesting. Um, I feel like I've done, I mean, I've done panels and I've done a lot of like, like I've had a lot of conversations about people about, about my books where I can like be a person that's nuanced and complex and I'm not just like one story. Um, And I guess it also helps that it's a series and I also have multiple books and I have more projects coming, but um, I don't know, defining your identity is, is weird and, and challenging and, and, complex and just in general as a human yeah just anyhow. in general like <laughs> even just getting to know people as like a person is hard I guess in some ways it's easier to be vulnerable in your writing than like I'm mm-hmm. speaking for myself like like I because I have like you know there's so many characters and it's not like I can deal with different like interactions or people or like you know like how characters feel and how like um how they think about the world and that's a specific way that I can be vulnerable without me the person being vulnerable I guess like I'm always sure. been like super intimidated by poetry and like nonfiction writing because it's so raw it's so there and yeah. I mean, that's something that I would like to do at some point and try but being like having to completely put yourself on a page is a level of vulnerability that I'm not ready for yet. I think with fiction, you know, people often ask like, oh, are you this character or are you this character or whatever? Um, Mm -hmm. You know, there's so many characters, so it doesn't like, I mean, like I put aspects of of personality in different people. And so you can explore so many different things. And like, they're all fictional. So you can just like draw from, like, how are these people feeling? How, how are the d- dynamics of them interacting? I don't know. It's, it's, it's been interesting, just like, like I go to conventions or like if I'm at book festivals, people tend to know my book more than they know me, which is fine. 
sure. that's that's like yeah. kind of the nature of the work because that goes more widespread but it it is interesting when like I guess like someone knows me just from like oh I saw you speak about like representation on this panel or I saw you do this thing on craft which is really fun and cool and that's something that I would love to to see as well so I don't think it's it's bad or 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 better or worse or anything I have no, there's no value judgment on like how people get to know me I'm such a like a weird person in general but like like making new friends is so I have such anxiety about like social interactions in general that like like well I think it's interesting too as an adult like um is kind of a whole different ball game you know like it's not really as socially acceptable anymore to just go up to someone at the playground and be like, have half of my sandwich. We're best friends now. <laughs> um, <laughs> which it's more socially acceptable when you're like eight. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I feel you on that. Although I'm still that person that awkwardly goes up to people and I'm like, okay, hi, we're best friends now. <laughs> um, but I, I, I get that. For sure. like a great place to start because taking that initial step can be scary. Um, but you know, even with like friendship and like, it's, there's like a level of emotional intimacy that's, I don't know, getting to know people is, is so hard. And that's also like, it comes back to like yourself and like, how many layers do you put between, I don't know, I've taken a lot of personality quizzes lately. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Have um, you done the Enneagram yet? (laughs) I I think I have a while ago the okay. things. Um, yeah, yeah. But um, you know, it's scary getting to know people or like people knowing the real you. And I can see how like writing itself can be scary because that's like a piece of your soul you're putting onto the paper, whether it's fiction or nonfiction. It's it's scary and um, it's very it, personal. Yeah, it it can be very personal and like however comes about it, it's like even if it's fiction, it's like how do you see the world? How do you when people read into it, they see what you value, they see you in a sense. So Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well and and yeah, I mean you're exactly right. Like it's the your your worldview um definitely comes across, you know, whether you want it to or not or mean it to or not. Um through your writing and so yeah are people going to read that and then agree with you or not agree with you or judge you or not judge you so when when did you know that you had stories to tell like how what was your you know in point to writing um I know for some people it's fan fiction or some people just kind of write stories their whole life like as children growing up like what was how did you know when did you know you needed to tell stories and be an author? I think I was always writing stories and coming up with them. I don't know if yeah. like being an author was ever a like viable thing that I thought about seriously. Um, I was always like making up like very elaborate like stories for like my stuffed animals. When I was like seven or eight, I would like create these elaborate games where like they were there was like epic kingdoms and wars and sieges and political shenanigans between you know these stuffed animals and and like Amazing. betrayal and romance and it was it was just like a lot of drama for a child yeah <laughs> but it was <laughs> crafting these like elaborate things whether they're like between like my barbies and ninja turtles but like i started writing them down i don't know in middle school um i had a, a notebook that i had this like epic fantasy it came a lot with like reading and like having a lot of stories in my head and like wanting to tell them I didn't think about it seriously until there was a lot of of time that I spent that was like 
this is like my parents didn't see it as like a viable career option and like I had like internalized that as like okay I need to do something else and I you know I bounced around a lot of jobs um but I came back to the idea that like stories just made me really happy and like I wanted to tell I wanted to tell stories and I wanted to tell the kind of stories that I didn't get to see as a kid and like yeah growing up queer I hadn't ever seen like like a queer Asian American person in Mm -hmm. like in the media that I was consuming and then like a lot of the like queer people I did see in like books and movies and stuff tended to have like a lot of these like very like and I know that it's like publication and and process and like you know we don't have to get into it yeah yeah representation 101 but like (laughs) yeah I was pretty frustrated because I thought like the only kind of happy endings um I could get were like kind of these like tragic tortured lives or like you know these characters would if they survived would they suffered so much and I you know I loved science fiction and fantasy and and I didn't see a lot of people just like having adventures and having fun I think there's a lot of power in like having you know I wanted coming out stories I wanted like all these like um contemporary tough real-to-life issue stories but I also wanted like dragons and spaceships and yeah just to like exist in all the spaces that everyone else exists in yes exactly like I want like there's so many options if you are like a straight white boy you have so many options where you are the hero of your story and I wanted to all all of the options one might argue and yeah (laughs) just just having the options like and so in writing the stories I just wanted to write like I wanted to write some of these options yeah no I I think that's really amazing I was actually just talking about um Shit's Creek with somebody the other day just about how like I mean Modern Family kind of did it too but like as a television show you know the queerness in that show like it's handled in a way that like just there isn't really any big pinnacle horrible thing that happens or like a big coming out moment or like something dramatic or terrible where like letters get sent on the character's behalf and then they're outed or you know just different things like that it's just They just exist in the world just like everyone else exists in the world and how kind of that joyful and peaceful resistance by just showing what the world could be (laughs) is so powerful. And not that the other types of stories aren't good, but that was sort of the thesis of that panel that we had too, of just that there is a power and and a resistance in joy as well. And let's celebrate and highlight that more. Um, because that is so deserved too you know I just want to have like like to like to be seen as such a powerful thing and to be seen as a person of color to be seen as a queer person of color to have like like to have the the nuances and layers and there are more and more stories out there every day which is amazing and wonderful um and like there's more ways to like tell a story and like you know there's a lot of coming out stories that haven't been explored yet I'm excited that like people are writing them um excited that people are writing you know tragedies and romances and fluffy things and adventures just just all the things that all of it (laughs) yeah yeah that you wanted to see you were saying and no for sure I mean I feel like even in the past few years, you know, p- mainstream, I would say, I guess, there's just been sort of, it feels like an explosion of options. Do you feel like you're seeing that too? An explosion in like more... Of like options. Yeah. Like yeah. More I think, just out there. Mm-hmm. 
I think that like the generation of people who are writing now are, you know, grew up with a lot of the same frustrations I had and that it's inspired them to like, you know, tell their own truth to like write themselves into their stories. And I think that's amazing. Is that sort of where Sidekick Squad was born from? I feel like, yes, right? So am I, is that, I'm sorry. I'm like, what's happened to my brain? It just broke. I just tried to ask you a question and that was the dumbest thing ever. Um, But is that sort of where, (laughs) is that sort of where Sidekick Squad was born from then, do you think? Like was, was that the thesis of it? The whole title, like all the titles start with not your, um, not your sidekick, um, was kind of born out of like, like I was tired of seeing like Asian American characters be like the sidekick or like the best friend or like the supporting person in the background. You know, I was tired of seeing queer people as like a secondary part in someone else's story. And I wanted, yeah, the best friend. (laughs) Yeah. And like, I wanted like the whole series is about these kids who would be like, marginalized or kind of put in those supportive positions and just really bringing the narrative to focus on them in, right. in many different ways so it's so layered well and I guess yeah it's it's incorrect to ask the question is that where sidekick squad was born from because I think we talked the other day that you didn't always know it was going to be a series so no, yeah so you're right like, like not your sidekick <laughs> just you're right yeah so not your sidekick would have been a better way to ask that question that's where it started but Tell me a little bit more about that. I know you were going to, about like how it became a series. Yeah, so it started off as like, I initially wanted to write like a fun romance. And I think um, as I was discovering <laughs> the story, there's like different variations of it that that probably would have not been good for YA. I still think I want to write like a, an actual supervillain and hero love story. I think part of it, I got really caught up in world building the like conspiracy and the, um, and the, literally it was going to be one book. And as I was writing it, I basically created this wow. problem where these kids needed to overthrow the government. And wow. I was like, I, well, clearly I can't solve this problem in one book. So um, I went back to right. the press and was like, hello, do you remember when I proposed this book? It was one book. Would you be interested in it as a series? Um, thankfully, they were super excited about the idea. So we, oh, wow. um, yeah. yeah, so that's kind of where it went. It became more than one book. And I knew I, I wanted more multiple characters to tell the story. Um, because yeah. I also just loved like writing all these other characters. So um, yeah. I was so happy to get to like tell each of their stories too. Yeah, for sure. Well, I think something that's really cool about this series too is how, you know, obviously each book kind of has its own main character, its own protagonist, but um, they all interweave within each other's stories in a really nice way. And just it's friendly. It's all the same world. It's the same neighborhood. It's all part of the same they're all part of the same friend group, you know. I really, really enjoyed, have enjoyed that part of it as well. Cool. And the world building. So, I mean, we'll talk about, this is, we're recording this in the now, which we have not yet had the panel that we are going to have on the 26th of April, but like this will be the past when people are listening to this. But um, the world building piece, yeah, so I feel like that's not, that's like George R. R. Martin level stuff, you know, of like, mapping out the the world itself and when the war started and why the war started and genealogy of like the heroes and what can you just briefly touch on that a little bit like what was that like and how did you do that keep it all straight 
Sure. Um, thank you for saying. I hope it's not as complicated as. Um, well, no, I don't, but probably for you though, like keeping it all straight. Well, it's a lot I, I to do. Like a very complicated Excel sheets of um, so. Um, yes. Because the world takes place in this. Um, it's post a like a ton of global disasters, and a lot of the countries as we know them now. Have rearranged themselves, so I had to figure out yeah. like when did these changes happen and what triggered them to happen. And there's so I have like a timeline of like okay, in the year twenty one hundred twenty five, you know this happens or this country invades another country or this these countries become a lot allied together. And it's all like stuff that is never mentioned in the book, but it's important for me to know right. so I know which countries yeah. actually exist and what are the names of the new countries and like which have origins and other because it is kind of like a post like the new world is still has like lingering pieces of the old and there's a lot of different people from different backgrounds and so I wanted to like play to that and to keep it all streamlined I you know I, I just have like dates and events and then when I was um so the first book was like one book and then when I realized I was I had to write a, I was writing a series I, I started um, including major events from from the book like this is when um, okay. this reveal happens or this um, this attack on this base happens or and so I could reference that and just be like what year did this happen in what month is it what is winter <laughs> what is like because you know and then that was yeah. really helpful when I was writing books two and three and um, now I'm working on the last book and I also have like a spreadsheet of like all the characters okay so that includes every single metahuman who's ever been named because I had to keep all of their powers wow. <laughs> like keep wow. all their powers and like because I couldn't reuse people right it was like okay this person has the power of like wind but and they come from like the city but later I was just like oh, I need another hero and so I I was like, no, there's a limited number of metahumans, and this, this is who they are, and this is their name, these are their pronouns, this is the, what their power is, where they're from, and then what their alignment is, because there's this huge showdown of, like, who ends up, like, with what organization. So Yeah, for sure. Sheets, no, that's, that's the secret. That is so impressive. I know on our Instagram story when we met, um, I had you do, like, the Hogwarts houses for each character. Mm-hmm. Um, did you do anything else? with them like pinterest board planning of like their bedrooms or um you know like what is their enneagram or their zodiac sign and um, like that yeah. would have been helpful actually zodiac signs are like like astrology is very helpful so i decided on yeah. like the characters birthdays and that was super helpful oh, okay. in like their personality um i have these yeah. little trading cards that have their birthdays on them but most how did i not know about these trading cards that's amazing <laughs> i think i started they became a thing when Not Your Villain came out. So, okay. But so they were part of the promo that I was doing in 2018. I think. Okay. But like not when we did our panel. I'm trying to think if I would have had them at Geek Girl Con. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, was the panel first? I don't know. Whenever I was like, say. yeah, they were like anyway. things that I was like, <laughs> they were part of the pre-order campaign for Not Your Villain. <laughs> so I had these little yeah, like, yeah. cards that were mailed out so I might not have had them then yet and yeah. then when we met again the next year I was doing different promo for for not your backup I'm trying to think I think I also have an excel sheet for them too <laughs> but just on like yeah. like 
like basic thing like hi birthday personality stuff i have like like when i was writing the characters and like figuring out like who they were and what was valuable and important to them oh gosh I'm just pulling this open now because I haven't looked at it in forever. Oh, it's a very basic Excel sheet. There's only like four slots in it. <laughs> it's just like their names. <laughs> like It's just like stuff to like write down so I remember and what their yeah. powers are and what their signs are. <laughs> and then like Amazing. some basic traits. Amazing. But it's it's okay. been interesting because I wrote this... I. I wrote this sheet when I was writing book one, and then I've definitely gotten to know the characters much better, especially when I've read each of their books. Yeah, for sure. Do, do you feel like, you know, the covers, I know we've talked about the covers uh, quite a few times in lots of different iterations. Do you feel like the cover art is pretty indicative of what you see or saw in your head? Oh, absolutely. Are? I love the cover art. Toy Messer is yeah. such a spectacular human sheet. Um, they're beautiful. I mean, they're amazing. When I would hang we, posters of them in my wall. <laughs> they're so good. She's and I'm very yeah. lucky in that interlude, the cover art. I'm, I've been very involved with the design of the books from the start. So Joy yeah. and I actually got down, um, got together and talked about like I even was like, here's a color palette. I feel okay. very strongly about this color palette. And I think when we were talking about like we had this like brainstorming phone call, I was like, here are my mood boards, what do you think? And she was like, This is amazing, I love it. And a lot of them had like concept art from like the Incredibles because I really love that like bold oh, yeah. colors and like the like kind of retro kind of futuristic feel and I was like I would love totally. I think what my ultimate goal was like I wanted to be fun I wanted to be colorful I wanted to be able to see who she is on the cover and then Choi just like absolutely blew me away I think the first time I saw the cover like a draft of it I think I like sat down and cried because Oh, it was so yeah. perfect and like with Belle's and with Emma's book like they just look so much like who I like imagined in my head and that that comes from just working very closely with Choi and and she's she's so thoughtful on on and deliberate about how she crafts all of her books so yeah. uh, it's been yeah. and she has such a range of style it's so cool to see her her eye in like in her taste in like all these different innovative press books that's that's so amazing yeah I mean they're they're stunning they're very eye-catching and beautiful and I feel better about looking at them knowing that that's what they look like in your head dude does that make any sense like (laughs) I I got to know the how they look physically from looking at the cover of the book and Mm -hmm. I don't know I don't know if every author always gets that opportunity and I'm not sure they don't but I'm really glad to hear that you did yeah, I'm very lucky. It's, I, I think it's a very experience, but I'm, I'm grateful and then Choi's incredible. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah. I mean, I, we won't talk about, we won't go into too much detail now, but I know we've had conversations too about how involved you were with the um, audiobook process as well, which is really cool to hear. And I just love the the voice actors that they chose for both uh, Jess's and Belle's books are both amazing. And yeah, yeah, they did such an amazing uh, job. Yeah. Oh gosh. So good. Okay, well, um, we've talked a lot about the Sidekick Squad, which is good. Well, actually, how did the Sidekick Squad name, before we move on, how did that come to be? <laughs> did um, it? Was it just like, did it come to you in a dream or? <laughs> no, I had to come up with something after. So after book one came After out, you knew it would be more than one book. <laughs> yeah, I had some time to think about it because we didn't have to, I think until book two was being published, like, in the official like what are you calling this series like they're right that didn't happen until book two came out 
So um, I think it just came back to defining who it was about. And it's about these kids who would be sidekicks in another world, but they're, they've kind of taken that upon themselves to be like heroes in their own right. So it, it is it is about these kids and like, yes, there's romance in the books, but it's also mostly about like the power of friendship. So <laughs> that's, it's, that's yeah. the title, the, the series name that felt most right to me. Yeah, I love that. I can't, um, I cannot for the life of me remember right now, um, Jess's little brother's name. Brendan. Brendan, yeah. But I kind of love even like his involvement, you know, with the with the kids and I don't know, it's just so wholesome and great in a way that he's such a nerd. He's such a nerd, but he's like so important and like they are. Yeah, which is probably another yet another reason why I resonate with them so much. Um (laughs) because I mean we're all kind of nerds in our own way, but just own that, own that. And that can be part of what makes you unique and special, which is great. Okay. So, wow, we've been talking for a half an hour already. This is amazing. The time has flown by. Um, I want to dip gears a little bit and talk um, a little bit more because you have a couple of big, uh, more book things on the horizon. I mean, your most upcoming, I guess, a few days after this podcast is going live, you're in a short story collection called Out Now, Queer We Go Again. That's coming out on the 26th, right? Can you talk a little bit about um, your story in that collection? And like, is there anyone else that, you know, sticks out to you that's involved with that? And tell us a little about that project. Yeah, I'd be happy to. So um, Sandra Mitchell, who is editing, who edited that um, anthology and also edited the first iteration of that anthology, approached me and was like, would you be interested in doing this? And I was like, oh my gosh, this sounds like such an amazing idea. I loved it. And then I realized I was like have I ever written just the contemporary with no like magic or swords or like anything Whoa. fantastic about it? and so yeah head, I thought I thought it was all contemporary I guess I could have like played with it the whole collection well like after so I wrote the story and then after when like oh, she asked story. like everybody oh, okay. everybody was um who was part of it and what their story was about I was like wait a minute you have vampires in yours. You have, you have, you have this, you have like magic. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no one ever said I couldn't. I just assumed. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it, was writing, it was a good writing challenge just to write um, a contemporary with no like fantastical elements. Um, but I had a lot of fun with it. It was, I wrote it, it feels so long ago, but it's about, um, <laughs> it's about a girl named Jasmine and she's in high school and she's approaching her senior year and starting it kind of like, on the tail end of like this breakup that has kind of defined her life and her ex is this like larger than life girl who who's like one of the most popular girls in school and so she Jasmine is trying to define who she is without her and kind of being like like who am I on my own and finding strength in that and then she also um, develops a crush on another girl in her woodshop class so that's a cute sweet fun yes. short story and um oh I love that yeah I'm excited for it I can't wait to read it oh thank you <laughs> it's it's very fun yeah. um and I named the the love interest girl Ash after Ash <laughs> um Ashley Poston who 
kindly read Oh, you did? Really? I did after um, reading yeah. um, Ash read like an early version of the story. So I was like, I'm going to name her after you. Um, so that was a lot of fun. That's so awesome. I love that. Are there, um, wait, on that note, I, I did actually think about asking you earlier, are there more, are there any other characters you've named after people? Yeah. Um, or, I like been inspired to like, name okay, after so people? Bells is actually named for my friend Bells and um, Emma, Bells and Emma, both of them are named oh. after friends. So um, <laughs> that's awesome. It's pretty funny after like I was telling Bells a little bit more about Bells the character and was like, oh, and then like Bells changes hair color. <laughs> Bells the human <laughs> was like, wait, actually, let me show you all these photos that I have had of my hair with different colors. And I was like, are you serious? <laughs> what? Really? Yeah. And you didn't know? I didn't know. <laughs> but, wow, um, that's amazing. That's the only like main similarity. Other than that, they're like really good friends. Yeah. yeah. There's a character okay. named Michael who you meet in book two and you see him more in book three. Um, who's named after one of my friends who's a nurse and he helps me a lot with like like I kept asking him like injury related questions. <laughs> oh my gosh. We yeah. did a lot of brainstorming <laughs> on like we talked a lot about like when I was thinking about like the metahuman gene and he loves talking about genealogy. So that was a lot of fun. I'm like, I'm gonna name a character after you. There's another character oh, named Chloe after one of my friends. There's, I guess, I don't know. I like naming people after people, but, like, I get nervous about, like, what if the, the character who is your namesake isn't cool or, like, like, there is originally a storyline, I thought, for, Mike, like, Michael, the character, where he was going to be, like, a, an, an un, not decent human and be really rude and terrible. And then I was just like, no, I can't do that now because he named after my friend. Oh, no, yeah. Unless I, like, <laughs> But I I had to um you know I worked around. You found someone else to have be that. Yeah. Yeah, I like created a whole nother character. <laughs> I was like, no, Michael, you're still like amazing, and you're like a great nurse, and you're continuing to be a great nurse. <laughs> right. Okay, I totally took us off topic with that question, but I had to ask it because I you reminded me that I thought about it earlier and I just never asked it. So okay, so there's a character called Ash in your short story in Out Now, which this is the second. So Out Now did it have a subtitle the first one? I, think I don't the think it. First one did? was the untold. Oh yes, 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 yes. That that rings a bell. I tried to Google it just now and I totally failed. If I'm being honest. Um, oh no, the first one is called All Out. The no longer secret stories out. of queer teens. Okay, but they are related, right? Like Sandra Mitchell did that one too, didn't she? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, they're just okay, cool. they're like yeah, yeah. companion books. Oh, I'm so excited! I can't wait. That was a great collection. I actually. I actually have to admit, I haven't finished the first collection um, because I was doing this thing where I read it when I was on airplanes. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like let myself read one or two and then I, I just kind of stopped being on airplanes <laughs> for a while. So I should really pull that out and finish it. But um, anyway, I will definitely be pre-ordering. Um, there will be links down below so that everyone can go and pre-order as well to support you and all the other wonderful authors who are a part of the collection. Um, so hopefully that will help take some people there, but it's going to yeah, be so great. It'll be I so much wait. fun. Yeah. I'm excited about all the stories in it. They're all super fun and sweet. One of my favorites is actually um, the vampire story by Caleb. Yay! Um, yeah. It's so good. Um, also Julian Winters has a really sweet and amazing piece in there. Um, and I Yay. loved, um, I loved Candace, um, Cam Montgomery's piece. That's like 
really lovely too. A lot of them, I mean, they're so, so different and they're like, it's like having like a tasting course of so many different things. I think that's so cool. I think short stories, that's actually one of my goals this year is to read more short stories. I really enjoy the format as a reader mm-hmm. um, because of that very reason. It's sort of like a mini series as a television show. You know, you can kind of get in, you get comfortable, and then it ends and it kind of wraps up. And I don't know, it's just kind of comforting in a way that you know you can start and finish one in a short window of time and have a good taste of a whole new world yeah, yeah. and I can say yeah. like they're hard to write <laughs> it's a definite art where you yeah. know like, every word counts. Short. yeah I had a lot of trouble with because it could have been a whole novel like it could have been like this whole sure. like introspective piece about like a of this particular journey and these characters and as I got to know them I'm like oh yeah but I don't have a novel <laughs> you've only got so much and then coming to like yeah. a satisfying conclusion within that short window is a challenge but it was it was fun I love to write more short stories because I'm just a nosy um person and I ask lots of questions how what was the process of like were you given a page count or a word count or what was that like like how Um, did you know how long you had to write so Sandra kind of recommended like oh like anywhere between like 2000 to like I think the original thing was like 6,000 words or something but it was it was kind of but it was flexible and so yeah um, that's not a lot of words yeah so initially as I was writing <laughs> it, I realized that like oh my gosh I've only gotten to like this much and I've already it's already 3k um and having written a lot of fan fiction before like the, the formats are like you know there's different lengths that feel good like, yeah there's yeah. you know a lot of like yeah there's a lot of like like you know like between one to two thousand words that's a very specific story and then when you get a little longer there's a little bit more room there but you also like the more you introduce the more you have to resolve and do you resolve it what do you resolve and why um mm-hmm. that's a good question and yeah. I think what ended up I mean there was some stuff that I had to cut out but I'm really proud of the the final piece and um I think the the final word count on this piece was actually like eight thousand words but I checked with Sancha okay. and um, it worked out. So That's yeah, it's, it's, I was definitely worried about as I was writing it, but I tried to like just write it out and then edit it and streamline it later. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's really great. Okay. Well, I can't wait to read that. That one's coming out. We have a date for that one. That one's May 26th, but uh, also just like really recently to now when we're recording this, some news dropped about uh, Fuel and Friends. Is it Fuel and Friends? Fuel and Friends? I actually mm-hmm. have never looked up how to say that. You're doing a retelling of Treasure Island. I am. I'm super right? excited. Can you tell us more about that? This is so cool. Yeah, it's part of a series called Reclaimed Classics. There's going to be more um, to come. Yeah, there's six, right? And, Five or six. Um, yeah, so there's they're starting with four. Um, they're doing Treasure Island, Little Woman, Robin Hood and Weathering Heights. So I just was, yeah, I'm really excited to like take my spin on it. Um, I've always been fascinated by like pirates. It's an adventure story. Yes, it's an adventure story. Um, I can't share too much about it, but it's about a young girl who finds a map and there's the promise of treasure on the horizon and themes of like proving yourself and finding your place in a society that doesn't necessarily um have a place for you and and you stick with the pirates there are pirates (laughs) i heard you say something about pirates and i was like okay good (laughs) many a pirate here 
<laughs> okay, well, what else? What am I missing? What else is coming next for you? Anything we should talk about now? Or, you know, should I ask you questions about what you're reading? What do you think? Yeah, I can talk about what I'm reading. Okay. Yeah, I mean, so that, I guess, kind of concludes the the chatty part where we talk all about you and all the books that you've written and are working on and are coming next. But something I always like to ask everyone that's on my podcast is like, what are you currently reading? And um, maybe the, we should read it too. <laughs> the last book I read was Full Disclosure by Cameron Garrett, which is cool. about a girl in high school who's living with HIV um, and she has a crush on this boy. She's also bisexual yeah. and there's a lot of great like conversation about queerness and feeling a part of the queer community when you don't quite feel queer enough and there's it's just a really lovely book uh, I really enjoyed it I have so many books on my true read list but I'm currently reading a memoir by Cameron Esposito and oh yeah um, yeah I'm also reading a bunch of essays. I tried to vary it up. I realized that, like, for a very long time, I only read YA. <laughs> yeah. Um, because it was what I was familiar with. So I'm trying to, like, learn more about other genres as well. Sure. Yeah, I've totally f- I've felt that as well. And <laughs> in the past couple of years, I've have been on that same quest. Just, like, read more different types of things. Adult fiction, collections of essays. Yeah, lots of memoirs. There's so many me- good memoirs out there. Yeah, okay. Well, I'll make sure to put those, both of those books, or did you, you said three, I think. I'll put them all down in the show notes so people can check those out as well. Um, but oh, I did. Um, I finished reading this a little while ago, but um, it's coming out soon, and I would love to um, give a shout out to authors whose books yes, are coming please. out this year. Um, I read um, Cemetery Boys by Aiden Oh my gosh, yes, that one's on my list. It is such a delight. I like could not stop like smiling throughout the whole really? book. It's such, it's it's got so much fun and adventure and heart, and it's so beautiful. It's about a trans boy whose family are all like brujos and brujas, but your powers kind of define are defined by if you're a bruja, you can do healing. If you're a bruja, you can summon a dead. And so he's like, you know, I can summon the dead because I'm a boy. And so he summons the dead. He tries to call up the ghost of his cousin, but he gets the wrong ghost. Um, oh, yes, yes. <laughs> it's all coming back to me now. Oh, my God. And the the book is amazing it's i i read it in like one sitting and i was just like devoured it yeah it was so good um another book that's coming out this year is called the ninth life by taylor barton it is emotionally devastating <laughs> oh no it is, it is incredible but i think i like started sobbing like i don't know there were several points in the book where i was just like I lost it, but it's so good. It's all about like love and like defying destiny. And there's like, there's this great character who like the main character is in love with a girl, but he's also in love with a boy. And it's so, it's just, it's just, it's, it it delves into a lot of things, but I feel very good about like, like the found family aspect and like, yeah, all the different. Yeah, it does sound like there. there's a lot of layers to it, but yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's not quite a love triangle. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. So there's something for both sides of the emotional spectrum. <laughs> the like, you really need to have a cry, and the you just need to laugh and have a good time. <laughs> I mean, there were a lot of emotions that I went through in Cemetery Boys too, but it just it just feels good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That is definitely on my my to like 
anticipated list. I based on the the summary that you just reiterated again. Cool. Anything else you want to plug? Um, either yours or other people's. No, I think that's it. I'm. I mean, yeah. When this podcast comes out, um, the short story um, and the whole collection of short stories out now will be right around the corner. Will be out soon. Yeah, yeah. Will be out now. (laughs) Yeah, isn't that amazing? Yeah, (laughs) that's so great. So uh, everybody, go buy it and support all of the amazing authors that are a part of it, Carrie included. Where can people follow you online, Carrie, if they want to follow along with author CB Lee? Yeah, so um, you can always find me on my website at cb-lee.com. And I'm on Twitter and Instagram at cblee underscore cblee. Because I'm double the trouble. (laughs) I love that. Oh, that's so good. Well, thank you so much for being on my pod. It's been a joy talking to you and getting to record this with you. And I mean, I'm sure we'll do it again sometime in the future when we're all allowed out of our houses again and can meet (laughs) up at conventions but (laughs) it's been so great having you yeah thank you so much for having me awesome well i hope you have a wonderful evening all listeners and uh i'm sure we'll both talk to you again sometime soon all right take care thank you bye